0: Welcome to the podcast once again, as we jump into some wonderful series from Floyd McClung. For those of you that are not aware, uh, in Australia, uh, come end of December and all through January, we're on holidays, so everything shuts down. So we've just created this holiday series of podcasts, reaching back into our archives and uh, drawing out some wonderful input from Floyd McClung. Floyd McClung was really crucial in the start of Praxis in our early days when he came and visited, and uh, he poured into us some really great input and set us on the pathway to where we are today. And so these uh, series of podcasts are really uh, helpful for us as we look back, we look at our foundations, and we hear it once again from Floyd McClung. Today, we're going to be looking at the parable of the sower, as Floyd unpacks this this parable in a discovery style. He teaches about how to do a DBS as we're learning about the parable of the sower and we focus on the importance of obedience-based discipleship. It's really good. You might want to stop and read Luke chapter 8 verse 4 to 15 before you go on so that you can familiarize yourself with the parable. And at the end when you finish, maybe you want to stop And ask yourself, what's my I will? What should I do out of this parable? Because as we read God's word and we obey God's word, we're transformed. I hope that you enjoy this series from Floyd McClung. Good evening, everybody.
1: It's great to be with you tonight. Thank you for coming. I'm really, really uh, thankful to. Dave and Colleen for welcoming me and making me feel at home, wonderful hospitality, so thank you Dave and Colleen, they have a fantastic heart, very open kingdom heart for what God wants to do and wants to see people released and blessed and encouraged, so you're in good hands under their leadership, very uh, grateful too for the opportunity to be here at Crossway and uh, just enjoy so much the fellowship we have every time we come to the church which is twice now, <laughs> every time. <laughs> I'm a preacher, so I have to make it sound bigger, right? <laughs> but many, many, many times. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm married to Sally. Um, we've been married 44 years. We have two uh, children, two adult children, and two grandkids. And they're in the United States. Sally and I, as Dave said, moved to South Africa five years ago, and this is our home now. And uh, we've lived in four As. We've lived in uh, Afghanistan. Then we were in Amsterdam. And then we were in America. And now we're in Africa. I'm a preacher, so you know, it has to have four points or three points. (laughs) (laughs) Australia. (laughs) Australia. What can I say? evangelize Australia this weekend, and then I'll go back to Africa. <laughs> so yeah, we uh, we feel this will be our home, our final kind of place to work and minister. We've been um, in ministry on a full-time basis since 1965. So it's been a long time. That is a long time, isn't it? <laughs> But we love what we do. We're so uh, excited about serving the Lord and what He's doing on the planet right now. It's great to be a part of what God's doing. What an amazing time to be alive. More people have come to know Jesus uh, in the last 50 years than the rest of history, Christian history combined. It's the time of the greatest revival in the history of the church. And it's happening on every continent. And that's just amazing to me. The Spirit of God is drawing people uh, from every tribe in every country. More people groups have been touched with the gospel in the last 15 years than any other period in history. So, man, it's just kind of phenomenal if you think about it. We get to be alive now. We get to be a part of what God's doing. It's a great privilege. And uh, one of the things I really love about what God's doing is it's happening in the majority world. So Westerners, Americans and Europeans, are now in a place of being ministered to and learning from the rest of the world. And um, that's in fact one of the reasons why Sally and I moved to Africa. is we wanted to be closer, uh, a part of what God's doing in the majority the world. So we really love where we're living for that reason. I want to tell you a story. And um, then I want you to do something with this story. I want to tell you about a guy... I haven't met him personally, but I heard about him, um, m- maybe from uh, Queensland, I'm not sure. Uh, he's a farmer, and uh, at first, when I first heard about this farmer, I couldn't, I, I couldn't really understand his whole methodology and approach. Um, it came time to plant, literally to kind of put the seed in the ground, so what he did, um, he just went everywhere, throwing seed everywhere he went, just kind of the most careless, farming technique you could ever imagine. So he put seed on his own farm. He put it on other people's farms. He went out on the highway and put it on the highway. He threw it in bushes and in trees. He just went carelessly, recklessly, extravagantly, generously, throwing seed everywhere. And then he got an he got, uh, interesting response. The seed that he put on like the highway, you can imagine the birds. What what kind of bird is it in Queensland? I forget. Crows, you have got crows. The crows came and ate it. Um, the story changes, you know. Wherever I am, right? Of course. <laughs> uh, but the seed that fell on the kind of where all the bushes and thorns. You have thorns in Queensland. Okay. In the thorny ground. I'm so glad. You know, this kind of fits with my story. <laughs> Help me out of your on. <laughs> And you know what happened? The seed that fell right in the bushes and the thorny ground, it grew. It just went down the soil and grew up. And then there was um, seed that fell like right where there was a really shallow soil. And just, just a couple centimeters. And then there was a bunch of rocks. And that went down and it grew. But there was some of the seed that went into soft, fertile soil. And it produced really good fruit. So... Now, what I want you to do with this story is I want you to retell it to each other, right where you are. So just turn at the table where you are, and I would like one of you to retell it in your own words. And you only have two minutes to do it. Go. (laughs) So, um, did he leave anything out of the story? What, what are some parts that maybe you can remember from the story that he might not have told? Anybody? Thorns? Was there, where, where was thorns? Japan or Siberia? Probably
0: Europe.
1: Europe. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: That's right, we, he, we forgot to say that he went to Europe and there was thorns. How many of you know Europe has got a lot of thorny ground? <laughs> okay, What else? Yeah, <laughs> even in other people's farm. <laughs> Anything else? So, birds. Oh, the birds. Where were the birds? They froze. <laughs> they froze in Siberia. <laughs> they flapped their wings and fell frozen. They broke.
0: <laughs>
1: so... Uh, what do you see in this story that applies to your life? You tell me. How does this speak into your situation?
0: Yes. Don't pick, don't pick and choose where you where you the seed. Oh,
1: just don't pick and choose. Okay, just give it out generously. Almost like waste the seed. Good, what else do you see? very good
0: to make it grow or force it to grow.
1: don't try to force it to grow. Is that what you said, Vicky? Yeah, yeah. Good. put it out there and see what's going to happen with it. excellent yeah, Hindu farms, uh, Buddhist farms, rich people's farms, yeah, Siberian farms, Japanese farms, just anywhere we yeah, we're like, we get to be, we get to invade everybody's farms. <laughs> what else do you see? The
0: only realm of control is sewing.
1: The only realm of the control is sewing. Control the
0: environment, you don't the growth, you just control your
1: sewing. Ah, fantastic. Great insight. Nero.
0: Hero.
1: Nero. Okay, great. It's old age. <laughs> Sorry. He was just crazy about these seeds. He's had some fascination about it, and was just hooked and wanted every everything to be impacted by it. Was ah. just, he was just a bit nuts in the head. He just went, he just went for it. Yeah. He, he was he was he was so impressed with what this seed could do that he just yeah he was impressed with this the power of the seed. Good. What else? I,
0: I was one of the seeds, and I hope that I'm growing in some soil that. Can bear fruits and multiply because, yeah, fruits doesn't only mean something that people can see, but it contains seed and it can multiply.
1: That's right. So, seed can produce more <laughs> seed. Yeah. So, it's not just about a tree, but it's about an orchard. <laughs> Good. You have to believe when you seed. Yes, you have to have faith in that seed that it's going to do its work. Yeah. Amen. Where are you from, my mother? Where are you from? <coughs> Sudan. Sudan, okay, awesome. <laughs> yes? He threw it on a tree, so
0: like a place where you know seed doesn't grow. Threw it
1: yeah. Excellent. Anything that speaks to your situation? Ruth.
0: <laughs> Sorry? The seed never fails. It never
1: runs out, does it? That's good. So we don't have to worry about it. Think into your situation now. What's this speak to you? Yes, back in the back.
0: Um, I like the fact that was um, kind of a farmer who I like to see as... The other farmers looked at him as being a little bit kind of loopy maybe because he didn't... He wasn't conventional the way all the other farmers were. He didn't only go in the place where he was guaranteed and sort of just sewed everywhere... Um, in places that possibly wouldn't grow, but possibly they might. So like the soil there, the shallow soil with the rocks, they you sowed anyway, and um, something grew, um, regardless of, yeah, I
1: kind of like that. That's excellent. That's great. Okay, let's take a moment. We're talking, you know, one minute, two minutes max. And let's just kind of ask God to speak a part of that story to our lives that we could actually do something with. So in faith you're just going to ask the Lord I'm going to ask him and you're going <laughs> to ask him we're just going to agree. He's going to speak something to you tonight that if you don't hear anything else that you hear one thing that God says to your heart that's for you from this wonderful beautiful story that Jesus told in Mark 4 and Luke 8 and it's, it's, he said it was so important we didn't tell that part of the story. That he said, if you don't understand this story, you won't understand any story I've told. So this is that makes it really important. Okay, let's just let's just pray. Lord, thank you that your, your word is like a seed that goes into any soil that will receive it. And we just say we want our hearts to receive the seed <coughs> of your word. Would you speak just one thing we ask you that we can now put into action in our lives? Thank you, Holy Spirit. You are here to teach us and speak to us. In Jesus' name. So if you felt something impressed upon your heart from this story that you can put into action, can I change that and say that you will put into action? Would you share that uh, with the people at your table. So you only get like 30 seconds. So you just share the one thing that speaks to you that you feel you can, this speaks to your life and you'll put it into action. Go ahead. So, what stands out about this story? Three different important things. three elements in the story that are key. There's the seed, right? What else? The soil and the sower. Okay. The seed. What is the seed? The word of God. What is the soil? People. The hearts of people. And the sower is you and me. So Jesus said later in the chapter in Luke where this story is told, when they said, your mother and your brother are outside, Jesus said, my mother and my brothers are those who hear my word and obey them. So what made the good soil different from the rocky ground soil and the thorny ground soil? What was Jesus saying there? What made it good soil was that it received it and it bore fruit. So he then relates fruit to obedience. So the goal of being in the Word, reading the Bible, listening to the Bible, is not to accumulate knowledge, but what? To obey. So what is it from this story that God spoke to you to obey. So let's make it, let's give it some teeth. So I'd like to encourage you, if God spoke something to you tonight, and you'd share it with the rest of us, you would stand up and say these words, I will, and then share what you obey. Please don't explain, (laughs) don't teach, don't excuse, just say, I will. Then give a simple declaration of what you will do. And I'll start. I will scatter more seed more generously. Stand up, just make your I will (laughs) statement. I'll stop trying to
0: I'll stop overthinking it and actually do it. Mm, Excellent. Great. I will screen more seed. I will not show favoritism in who
1: I tell about God. It's great.
0: I'll scatter seed on other people's farms. <laughs> 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 awesome.
1: More generous. Scaring
0: screen.
1: Amen. I'll have confidence and believe. It's good.
0: I'll sow, but I'll trust him to
1: grow. I'll sow, but I'll trust God to grow the seed. Good. It takes a lot of pressure off when we don't have to grow the seed, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. But we just get to give. We're not selling seed. We're not pounding it in the ground. We just share generously. So the whole point of hearing the Word of God is obeying it. So knowledge actually doesn't press God. He's not interested in a lot of knowledge or theory. What he's looking for is simple, hungry hearts that will receive it. So in these three kinds of soil that received it, what does the rocky ground stand for? If you picture rocky ground, how would you picture it? Because it, the seed went in and it grew. So how do, how do you picture that? Shallow. Kind of shallow. So means some surface soil and underneath some rocks. Is, how, is that how you picture it, Danny? Yes. That, that's kind of how I see it, too. So the seed goes in, but the roots, don't take. The, roots, the roots don't take. And so what does that speak of in terms of people's attitudes?
0: They might just react and then that there's no
1: further growth. Exactly. Initial reaction and no further growth. How would you describe that? Superficial. Superficial. Kind of like, maybe they're religious. Maybe they kind of give a fast response. And, but it doesn't go deep. And, when, and we're not told why. <laughs> but, it, but it is a description of, it's not deep, it's superficial. What's the thorny ground speak of in terms of people's hearts? Because that ground did receive the seed.
0: The worry is the one. let life get on top of
1: them. Okay, life get on top of them. So the, the worries and pressures of life. What else? Other things matter more. Sorry? Other things matter more. Sorry, I couldn't hear. Other things matter more. Okay. So literally, it's the cares of life, this is the picture, that choke out. So that could be. Things, busyness, sports, (laughs) whatever we put more important that kind of takes up our life, or the worries and pressures of life that choke out something beautiful. Okay, good. And the third kind of soil was the soil that pictures the heart that says, I will put this into action. This is truth for me, and it may be costly, but I'll obey it. So four kinds of soil. Three that are responsive. Of the three, one really follows through. So if you were a farmer and you sowed seed like this, what would you do with these three kinds of soil? Pick up the rocks. Dig them
0: up. Dig them up, yeah. Make sure that you... Increase
1: the amount of productivity. Okay. You you try to increase the amount of productivity in your farm. Good. Would you do that all at once? No. You maybe keep focusing on where the seed was growing? Yeah. But but meanwhile yeah, in off seasons and so on. Good, okay. What would you do with a thorny ground? Weed it. Yeah. Cut it back. <laughs> get some scratches on you we walk in there and round up ra- sorry round up. is that a is it a poison, a poison. <laughs> <laughs> spray some roundup and kill those weeds yeah so where would you give um, most of your attention good the good soil because it's responsive so what is jesus trying to teach us about people's hearts including our own Do we ignore um, people's hearts that are not ready or responsive? No, we don't ignore people, do we? So this is not an either-or story. It's not like, go for the good soil and ignore the other soil. But it is saying there is a difference in how people's hearts respond. So this is not so much prescriptive but descriptive. But in a sense, it is also a prescription. Because we learn from this that the hearts are hungry and open and willing to obey is where Jesus is saying is going to be the greatest response. So if you're a disciple maker and a church planner and you want to see people be touched by the gospel, here's how I would apply that. I would say, don't really worry with people who say, forget it, I don't want it, you know. Bug off. <laughs> Just leave me alone. I'd love them. Be kind and friendly. But if we try to force something on people who are saying absolutely no, it becomes offensive to them. So we have to be respectful of where their hearts are at and what they feel and what they believe. But for people who receive but are not very deep, then what that teaches us is that we could try to help them go deeper, to think deeper about life. But we want to be careful not to push beyond where they allow. And for people who are, and and as um, our sister said, kind of dig up some rocks if we can. Kind of get at what's causing that superficiality. And so if people will allow us to try and expose those rocks and then take them up. Where there's the cares of life, the busyness of life, And we try to help people see there's something more valuable and more important than greed and busyness and getting caught up in the whole system of life. So we give attention there, but we really focus to those who say, you know what, I'm ready. Uh, My wife and I have worked um, for many years, decades, with people who have struggled with life-controlling problems. Drug addicts, prostitutes, people who have been marginalized, beaten down in life. And you know, you know what we've discovered? Something very fascinating. That some of those people actually respond much deeper than the so-called good people. We've had people working beside us who come out of really broken backgrounds, who have grown faster and deeper and had more fruit in their life than people who have been Christians for 10 and 20 and 30 years. And what does this, tell, this story tell us about why that would happen? What's the key? Their hearts were ready, receptive soil, and then what do they do with the seed? They obey it. They put it into practice, did not they? So if you want to cause problems for people who want to grow, just heap more information on them. Have Bible studies where there's lots of theory. (laughs) Teach people lots of stuff that they can't remember. Use big, fancy theological words. And it doesn't do any good at all. It's obedience. So gear everything you're doing in disciple making and church planning around obedience.